You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Looking for the perfect Valentine's Day gift? Well, look no further than WeVibe. WeVibe makes some of our favorite sex toys, and we especially love their couples vibrators. My favorite feature is their We Connect app. It lets your partner connect to your vibrator and control it from anywhere in the world. This Valentine's Day, WeVibe is offering American Sex Podcast listeners a special 5% discount on any product at we-vibe.com. Just use the promo code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at we-vibe.com. Again, that's code SUNNY at we-vibe.com. Hey friends, welcome to American Sex, a podcast dedicated to normalizing conversations about pleasure and alternative sexual expression by challenging those puritanical, backward-ass ideals we have in the United States. This is episode 118 of American Sex Podcast, and I'm Sunny Megatron. And I'm Agent Penis. Agent Penis? Are you you undercover? (laughs) Yes, I am. Have you heard the news about Agent Penis? Is this this going to be a joke? No, Are you making this up thing, like no. like my third grader coming home telling me something that doesn't make sense and goes, laugh, it's a joke. No, it was an article from the Military Times today when apparently some woman got arrested because she keeps going to like NSA headquarters or something like that asking for Agent Penis. <laughs> There's no Agent Penis that works there apparently. <laughs> but maybe he is undercover. That's the joke everybody's <laughs> making. Agent Penis, stand up! <laughs> I want to make Agent Penis t-shirts. Totally. Shh, let's get this printed before this episode comes out. Anyway, uh, we're sexuality educators, pleasure advocates, kinky perverts, and perhaps undercover penises, too. Agent Penis. I, I'm <laughs> undercover penis. <laughs> I want to be undercover. I want to be a private dick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> this is why we're married. Yep, take it away, Ken. This week's topic is one that's near and dear to our hearts, fisting. And who else do we have to hold our hands through the ins and outs and copious fisting puns but Allison Moon? She's the author of Getting It, a guide to hot, healthy hookups and shame-free sex, the award-winning Girl Sex 101, and the erotic memoir Bad Dyke. Allison has presented her workshops on strap-on sex, cunnilingus, polyamory, sexual self-expression, and more to thousands of people around the U.S. and Canada. She has a degree in neuroscience from Oberlin College and currently lives in Oregon at the base of an active volcano. I did not know about the active volcano. I did not know about the neuroscience or the active volcano, but I'm a little bit more impressed by the neuroscience. I'm more impressed by the volcano. Well, fuck you, Agent Penis. (laughs) So during this episode, we laughed, we cried, and we fisted. This conversation has it all. We didn't really fist. You're not going to hear that. Um, But really, this conversation has it all except actual fisting. Whether you're interested in vaginal or anal fisting, you're going to get a lot out of this conversation. Allison is a true fisting aficionado or aficionado. Laugh. That was so funny, Ken. She's an aficionado. Aficionado. Come on. Uh, whatever. 
Anyway, we start out busting, fisting myths and conquering shame about the act. We also take some time to specifically address hangups that straight cis men have about fisting. We get into foot jobs, prepping the vagina or ass for a hand, technique, and anatomy. We also cover special considerations for trans bodies, safer sex considerations for hand sex, and a whole lot more. After this conversation, you may think of your vagina as a suburban street, a monkey trap, and you'll know the difference between a dog erection and a hand. (laughs) If that sounds confusing, it will all make sense shortly, and you might just pee in your pants with laughter right along with us. But before we get to that, hey, Ken, do you know what time it is? Yep. It does say Agent Penis time. (laughs) Agent Penis time. Really? What time is it? Agent Penis time. No! It's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time to the new members of our Patreon family. Our Patreon family is growing. Big, huge welcome and heartfelt appreciation to Desiree for becoming American Sex Podcast Patreon supporter this past week. We appreciate it so much, and we couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you. Curious about Patreon? Find out more about membership at patreon.com slash American sex. Not only does your membership help support this show, you get lots of awesome perks too, like bonus stories from our guests, extra full length episodes, all our regular episodes early, American sex podcast stickers, a shout out on the podcast, random surprises in the mail, and much, much more. Also, do not miss our sex ed live stream series on Wednesday nights. This upcoming Wednesday on February 12th, we're going to teach you all about pervertibles. So what the heck is a pervertible? They're ordinary household objects repurposed for sexy time fun. If you've ever picked up a spatula to spank your partner or used a necktie as a wrist restraint, you've already made a pervertible. Pervertibles are ideal on a budget, great for convenience, excellent tools for sexual improvisation, or perfect for trying out a new technique before sinking a bunch of cash into some serious gear. This week, Ken and I show you creative ideas for pervertibles that are right under your nose. The dollar store and the Home Depot are about to become your favorite places to shop. So make sure you stick around until the end of our live stream when we will give away one of the hottest new sex toys to a lucky winner. So watch it on Get Vocal, either live or replay at bit.ly, that's B-I-T dot L-Y, Sunny Get Vocal, S-U-N-N-Y-G-E-T-V-O-K-L. All right, American fuckers. So, Sunny, you know what the shocker is. Can you tell us what the minivan is and how it relates to today's episode? Oh, yes. Okay, so for those of you who don't know what the shocker is, it is the Two in the pink, one in the stink. So like two in the vagina and one in the ass when you're fingering somebody. But the minivan, which is one of my favorites, is actually two in the front and five in the back. So <laughs> so here's fisting with Allison Moon. My vagina is a suburban street. This is all starting to make sense. And again, that will make sense, American fuckers, in just a few minutes. We have a very special guest, my fister from another mister, oh. Allison Moon. Oh, I, 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 I was, I was going to say that we invited her on to lend a hand. 
Oh. oh hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Allison. I'm stealing <laughs> both of those jokes, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> they are now integrated into my workshops, and there's nothing you can do about that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it's it's very appropriate that fisting is the topic right now for a couple of reasons. One, I just not only saw on the internet, but was quoted in an article on the New York Post about the new fisting emoji. <laughs> yes. Which is hilarious because she had no idea she was quoted in it. And like, I, I re-tagged it six hours before she even realized <laughs> yeah. and re- retweeted it and stuff. I assumed she did it on purpose. Fantastic. Yeah. So, and also it's Valentine's Day. And, you know, what's better than a little fisting and hand sex on Valentine's Day? Whether it's with a partner, partners, or even yourself. It's true. It's the best (laughs) way to hold hands. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And it's good for your carpal tunnel. Also true. (laughs) (laughs) Massages everything. Yeah. It's like, it's like being hugged by a bow constrictor. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to know how you feel about this fisting emoji. Were you like, rejoice, oh. I'm going to use it every day? Yeah, I, I love that Like, there have been a series of emojis that have released that are like seem like perfectly catered to my sexual interests. Because like, I never used to use the eggplant emoji. But then like the, the like a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, there was this whole series of people kneeling. And I'm like, well, I'm putting that one on my my quick draw <laughs> list. And then yeah. there's this, oh, the whole, this whole bunch of this like supposed Italian hand. <laughs> that is... <laughs> Italian fisting, more <laughs> yes, like. exactly. Which is obviously the name for some sort of sex act that we haven't figured out yet. Italian fisting is a specific subset, but yeah, absolutely. Like those that that perfectly shaped hand, and actually, I love it because it's actually very educational. Because so many people think that fisting is about going in fist first, but this emoji allows us to explain. Actually, it's about the silent duck first. Yes, silent yes. duck. Yes, yes. Okay, it's my so- favorite style of martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you started from like, this is what people all think of fisting, which is wrong, because that's kind of how I was introduced to fisting in a way like when I really started exploring my sexuality, which was later in life, I was in my mid 30s. And I was like, I'm gonna go get my freak on and do all those like, quote, weird things I thought were too weird for people to do. And I really wanted and my memory's foggy. I don't think I had been fisted at this point. But I had shoved lots of different toys up myself simultaneously so i figured chances were pretty damn good is that good. like we did the, the the cunt coloring with the box of crayons it in was somebody's way badge? more than i okay. think it was like three <laughs> dildos we had 36 crayons 36 wow. crayons is a little wide yeah <laughs> but that wasn't that those weren't my cunt crayons they were in yeah, somebody that's else true. they were in somebody else <laughs> so, the coloring was horrendous by the way it took a third grader to yeah do yeah we actually we actually had, it was a bdsm scene where we had someone color with their vagina i love it it was kind of awesome yeah and uh we hung the art on our fridge for a while <laughs> anyway <laughs> they, they, thought, they thought a child had done it we were like no, no oh wow so i was really exploring my sexuality i had this one partner that i was like you know kind of into And he was like, and this was the first time I was really like, I'm going to go out there and get it. And I really want to do fisting. And he made a comment and he was like, I don't want to fuck anybody that, you know, anybody with a vagina that has been fisted because gross, you know, they're all stretched out and blah, blah, blah. And ironically, ironically, this came from a person who has a monster clown penis. It's like, (laughs) that's probably bigger than a fist. But... Wait, a monster clown penis? Yeah. Like it looked like it? I just call big cocks monster clown penis. Oh. Monster 
are clown oh, I know penis. who this is. Yeah, you know exactly okay. what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I uh, <laughs> clarified it for you. <laughs> No, I know. No, I know who she's talking about. <laughs> but you know, and I was like, oh, I thought like this is the first, you know, quote first open minded person I had met on my sexual journey that thinks this about fisting, and it just totally regressed like all my shame since I have become a a hand puppet. I guess you know, I'm I'm down with fisting now. But uh, so talk about that. Why do we think fisting is so horrible, bad? It means you're all stretched out. Like, what is the whole tight vagina myth? Well, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. But I yeah. think the first thing is that, like, it's sex is still perceived by men with penises as all about their penis. So if a vagina can't please their specific penis, they get cranky about that. Um, not, I mean, that's I'm speaking in generalities here, but like, right, that's right. where a lot of the stereotype comes from, this idea of like, well, if she's not tight like a fucking virgin, then ne- never mind. Um, because it's the slut-shaming culture that we all live in, where it's like the idea of a, a vagina has to be tight in order for it to be a good vagina. Um, and of course, it's also this complete misunderstanding of human anatomy, that vaginas are very, very good at stretching to uh, to accommodate all sorts of things and then shrinking back down. It's a lot about pelvic floor strength. It's a lot about just experience and being able to listen to your own body when it's coming to receiving things. But ultimately, the, the, the idea of vaginas just getting stretched out and completely, you know, useless is a myth and is actually just really just based in misogyny and a lot of kind of adolescent ideas of what sexuality really is. And I think that's really unfortunate. Um, I love fisting I, as a top. I love, and I love getting to explore how vaginas can just really change shape and size to accommodate things. I think it's really, a, it's an amazing anatomical fact. And I think that's right. a really cool thing to know. And I think also it's a great way of like that kind of stereotype is a great way of weeding out, you know, again, men's, but mostly who have experience and men who don't. And I think a lot of men who've been around the block, who've been with a lot of different women and a lot of different vaginas know the facts that is the vagina is a a kind of an incredible organ it can it can really do a lot of cool things including stretching and including kind of shrinking back down Uh you know what's interesting that's for me fisting is when i go through the act i keep thinking my dick isn't this big but like you feel this and this is my hand cock and Uh it's awesome Uh and I just get off on the fact that I'm giving something to my partner that I can't do with my biocock. And there's nothing wrong with my biocock, but like fisting is way fun. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think, so, and this is actually kind of from the flip side. Like, so, I think our culture teaches, I mean, our culture specifically, but a lot of different cultures around the world teach men to put all of their expectations of their sexual prowess in their dick. And so when men have problems with erections or when men compare their size to other men, they can feel inadequate if their cock itself doesn't do a certain thing or doesn't look a certain way, which is actually really unfortunate because like you said, Ken, men have the capacity to be extraordinary lovers in all sorts of ways. And only a part of that has to do with their cocks. There are so many different ways to give pleasure to a vagina or a woman that has nothing to do with your cock. And when you Mm -hmm. can delocate all of your power and your strength and your pride from your cock to the rest of your body, you're way ahead of the pack by far. I certainly felt have, I mean, I fell in love with my partner because he didn't fuck me like a, like a cis guy with his cock at the first couple times we had sex he used his hands he used his mouth he used the rest of his body in this way where i'm like wow this guy knows what he's doing this guy has 
variety and this guy has opportunities to explore pleasure that aren't just about whether or not he's going to put his penis inside of me. And I think that's just something that I wish men all around the world would would explore a little bit more. There are so many different ways to have sex that aren't about penis and vagina. And I really want men to give themselves a chance to to figure out different ways to give pleasure um, in all sorts of exciting ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is especially helpful as people with penises age, because yeah. like, as we, you know, the dick is only going to work less and less and less people with penises. Like there's no, you know, that's a biological fact. Oh you know, yeah. There's yeah. little blue pills and stuff, but it's, it's not about that. It's like you said, it's learning how to have, you know what? Cause I wouldn't want to eat the same meal every day. So why don't I want a variety? You know, like having sushi is great once in a while, but having the same thing day after day after day kind of sucks and you want to have variety and just having penis is like having the same meal every day. 100%. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing, like in my workshops, I used to teach workshops only for queer women. And then I had a lot of cis men start to come. And I, at first I was like, I don't know if they're going to get anything out of this. And then of course they really enjoyed it because one of the things I talk about is how important hand sex is in the ways that women enjoy pleasure. And so I would say like, you know, the best part about hand sex is they can be girthy, they can be narrow, they can be soft, they can be hard, they can be scratchy, they can be delicate. And no matter how many whiskeys you've had, or how old you get, or how what medications you on, they're, they're never going to go soft. And so it's for, uh, for, I mean, I think it's fine to like, if you enjoy PV sex, to be able to, you know, use your penis in all sorts of fun ways. But also, it's great to have these other tools in your arsenal, such that when your cock isn't behaving the way you want it to, or your partner wants it to, you've got other things to use, most notably two of them attached to right. your limbs. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Okay, so... Um, wait, for th- wait, I have one quick question, <laughs> and I've never thought about this before, and although I've diddled people with my toes, is there such a thing as footing? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> can, can, can we, can we <laughs> vary from fisting for just a second? Let's talk about footing, because I just thought about it. Well, we're that. diving into the deep end here now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've, 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 I've witnessed it done. I've never done it myself, unfortunately. I've, I've been at sex parties where people have, have inserted their... At least not there, not all the way up to their, or not over their heel, but basically the entire shaft of their foot up to up to their ankle into various wow. orifices, and it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know. Is it called footing or does it have a special name? I have no idea. This is where some kinkster is going to be like, damn it, Allison, how did you not know this? I have well, no this, there's three of us if, here that are if, really, if like, really me, well-known sex educators. I don't think any of us if know If it were me, do. you know I would default for to fisting with your feet, even though that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Footing. I think footing, footing would be great. Um, yeah, we actually uh, we have this thing that we enjoy doing sometimes at sex parties. Um, my partner has done it a couple times, where basically he calls it starfishing. I think there's probably a better name for it because starfishing implies to me like pillow queening. But yes. basically, um, where you just have an orifice on every possible part of you, so like hand, hand, foot, foot, chest, face, um, <laughs> and basically it's like getting swallowed. <laughs> I mean, wow! Because like, if you imagine what it feels like when you have your fingers inside somebody, and then you just multiply that to as many body parts as you can, it's probably like getting, you know, swallowed by a bow constrictor. Wow! <laughs> and that goes into whole like vor fetish and stuff. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And like the closest we've done that is with puppets. I think while we were 
Yeah. Like, you remember that? You had puppets on your feet, and we were dressed as clowns. Yeah, and clown sex, awesome. and there yeah. was, like, things on every one of our... Yeah, anyways, anyway. I, I digress. Okay, so here, here, now that people feel more comfortable with fisting and footing and putting puppets on their feet and dressing as clowns... Uh, <laughs> yeah, now that that hard work has been done. Right, exactly. Uh, we've gotten to the foreplay. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk mainly about vaginal fisting, kind of the how-tos, but I also want to get into... Anal fisting. I want to get into fisting people with different bodies, like trans people or people without cervixes. Um, so let's start first with regular old vaginal fisting. Yeah. So where do be we begin? I know a lot of people think it's like you make a fist and you shove it up there, right. and that is totally not what you do. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? The way I think about it is it's just extreme fingering, right? And we've, all of us who've had the experience of having like hand sex with a person with a vagina have had the experience of like you kind of start with one finger and you add two and then check in. Maybe they want a third and check in and see if they want a fourth. And then at some point you're kind of like, wow, I'm running out of fingers and they're still wanting more girth. How interesting. So basically it's kind of like starting with kind of four fingers usually inside. Um, And when you put pressure at the opening of the vagina, sometimes people will want more. And this is when you kind of, this is when it becomes starting to ease your hand in as long as everybody's on board with it. Um, it requires a lot of lube and a lot of relaxation. Um, some people might are sometimes surprised by how much they can take. I was definitely in a situation with my, my ex-girlfriend when I had four fingers in and she still wanted more. And she had asked me like, how many do you have inside? And like, um, honey, like I'm almost fisting you right now. And she was shocked. Um, because, you know, so sometimes it's very hard to tell what exactly is going on down there as long as you, your vagina is on board. Um, so basically it creates, it, it's more about like creating pressure at the entrance of the vagina. And what happens is, you know, if the four fingers are in fairly easily, you're going to approach a part that can be challenging to some people, which is where you get to the, the, the knuckles at the, mm-hmm. at the, ba- at the top of your palm at the base of your fingers, because that's a very unflexible part. Um, but what often happens is you've got your four fingers and they'll kind of, if, if you're flexible enough, will squish down into kind of what I like to call like an arrowhead of love where they're, <laughs> they're kind of narrowed and they're, they're, you've gotten them kind of tapered as much as you possibly can to make those four knuckles as narrow as possible. But there's not a lot of flexibility here. So if there's a challenging part to fisting for a lot of people, it's usually this part first mm-hmm. um, because that's basically you're going to only be able to shrink your hand to a certain degree. Um, but if, if your partner's into it, if you're into it and if everything feels comfortable, that's where you can start to put pressure against the vaginal opening to to slowly ease your hand in. And at that point, because of the length of many people's vaginas, your fingers will start to naturally curl because you've, you've reached the, the dead end, the cul-de-sac of the vagina. Um, and some, often it's a cervix. Sometimes there's no cervix up there, but basically your fingers will start to, to curl. And then you reach the part where your thumb kind of needs to, you need to figure out what to do with your thumb. Um, and some people will leave their thumb out and then you have kind of just a little bit of like, you're kind of half fisting. Um, and some people, if you, if your partner's feeling good about it, you can tuck your thumb into your palm and slide the rest of your hand in. So that's the very quick and dirty version of how fisting works. Um, and once you're, you've got your thumb inside, your hand will almost naturally, always naturally curl into the fist, which is where they call, this is where, this is where the concept of fisting comes from. Um, and which is why in the gay community, it's called handballing, um, mm. is because your hand has turned into a ball or a little fist. And that's 
inside and basically the orifice kind of forces your hand into a certain shape. Um, right. And then the, the sphincter, either the anal or the vaginal sphincter will often kind of then rest around your wrist. And that's when you've got your entire hand inside somebody. Ta-da! Is there a dichotomy between anal fisting and vaginal fisting? Is there any big, huge difference? Um, I mean, there, there's, there's the big difference, I think, is that in, you know, vaginas are cul-de-sacs and colons are long stretches of open road. And so, <laughs> right. yeah. And so with a vagina, there's only so far you can go. And, um, that's generally fine. For with anal fisting, I mean, people who like really extreme, ex- extreme, extreme can go deeper. Um, and that creates all sorts of different sensations. And it requires a lot of practice for most of us because it's, you're dealing with a, not just one sphincter at the opening of the body. You're dealing with two sphincters at the opening of the body and then another sphincter at the top of the rectum. And then you're getting into deeper into the organs. Um, so some people love that and some people find that to be pretty intense. Um, so those, that's the primary difference. Another big difference is that the vagina self lubricates and the anus does not. Um, with either vaginal fisting or anal fisting, lube is your friend. The bottled kind of stuff is your friend. And so I, I've never done any sort of vaginal fisting that didn't come with a copious amount of bottled lube. Um, some people might be able to get away with it if they're not, if they're super, super wet naturally, but I think lube is just a good thing in general. With, an, with anal sex, lube is almost always required um, because you're just not going to be able to generate enough lubrication to create enough slippage that it, it, that it's safe because sometimes you will find yourself tearing the colon if you're not, or sorry, tearing the rectum if you're not extra careful. Um, so bottled lube is almost always required for, for anal sex. Okay. Okay. So I have seen, not in real life, which kind of makes me a little sad. I need to put this on my fuck it list, my warrior fuck it list, um, or my top fuck it list. I don't want to be a receiver, but people anal fisting like, up to the elbow, like all the way in. And how, I mean, how much preparation does the bottom or training does the bottom? It could like, is there a person out there? Preparation H. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, is there a person out there like my first anal fisting session, they went all the way up to their elbow. Is that even possible? Or does this take a lot? Like, are you an a butt athlete? Basically? I mean, I think that the human bodies are amazing things. So yes, there's probably if I say there's nobody that can do that, there'll be somebody who emails me saying I totally did that my first time. I think though, ultimately, when you see extreme acts like that at a dungeon or in porn, almost always you are dealing with what you just said, a sexual athlete, people who have trained for this. Um, I have a friend named Slutbottom Chris, um, and he is renowned for taking a lot in his ass. And he talks about like training, like daily, like, like doing calisthenics, like running laps. Like it's about teaching your body to relax around things and teaching your body to accept the way that you want to do things. And that mm-hmm. is not the kind of thing that happens on poppers at 3 a.m. at a club for the first time. It's right. the kind of thing that happens after working really hard to get your body in the right condition for that. Um, and I think that this is kind of, again, like porn creates all sorts of expectations for a lot of us. And also just kind of, you know, locker room rumors create all sorts of expectations. But ultimately, 
everybody I've ever fisted, it's been a series of, of just exploration, trying harder. Next time we'll get another finger in. I'm going to practice with my biggest dildo at home because they really just, you have to train your muscles to relax. These muscles, remember, they evolved to hold on to things. They're, they're evolved to hold tight closed for the most part, particularly the, the anus, right? Like the anus, like for very, very generally appreciated reasons, the anus does not give things up easily. Um, you have to create a the conditions for the anus to relax. So what you're doing, and I mean particularly with the sphincter above the rectum, right? Which is it's it's usually un, it's not under conscious control. So you mm-hmm. have to get the muscles to learn to relax um, when being stimulated, and that's something that takes practice. Right. Okay. So let's go back to the to the. The front, the front hole. door, the front door, <laughs> the front hole, the cul-de-sac. Let's get back to the suburbs. My vagina <laughs> is a lane in the suburbs. Okay, so little kids playing basketball. No, I don't like that. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I don't. I mean, there were little kids in there at one point. Two of them. They weren't playing basketball. They were not. Sometimes it there wasn't more like than one. <laughs> anyway, it was kid, not kids. I'm disturbed. Okay, so, um. With vaginal fisting, though, there isn't as much training required, or is there to be able, like, I know there are lots of people, I've fisted people who, like, I feel like anyone could fist me. Like, what is the guy with the jewels in the- I wouldn't say anybody. You have to be somewhat special. Well, no. (laughs) What is the guy? Oh, I'm making a joke, and I'm not. The guy with the fist with the superhero movie with the jewels in his fist. And his Thanos. gloves. With, yes, Thanos. I could be fisted really? by You're Thanos. About Thanos. I don't know. Anyway, but there. I would pay to see that. I. You know what? I can get one of those Thanos Let's gloves. Do, they're, they're about this big is around. Is there a Thanos fisting scene? They're about, scene they're about eight inches there around. Needs to be. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. You really think you could take a Thanos fist? I don't know. Anyway, I, I I challenge you, ma'am. I challenge you. One American dollar says you cannot All take right, a Thanos. You're fist. on. Anyway, <laughs> I can't wait so, to see that. Let me know when it happens. Yes. Yes. We'll do. <laughs> so the. I've tried to fist people and I have pretty narrow hands, but there are some people that just can't, you know, they can't take it no matter how much they've like relaxed and opened up. And, you know, you just can't quite get past those knuckles. Mm -hmm. If somebody like that were to train, let's say like someone would do anal training, could they eventually learn to open up more or is it more challenging with somebody with a vagina? It's It really depends. So yes, vaginas have evolved to be able to stretch to accommodate childbirth, right? So generally speaking, if a person could anatomically pass an infant through their through the vagina, they could probably pa- get, re- get receive a fist. But that's to say like that would require for a lot of us a lot of practice. Some people just have narrow vaginas. Some people just have narrow hips, right? right? Where they're actually, you have bones that are preventing anything particularly girthy. And during pregnancy, right, you have a lot of hormones actually soften and relax the bone structure to so that your hips do widen and accommodate that. But that's not happening when you're not pregnant, right? So there is an, there is for some of us just, there will be a barrier. This is actually often very true for trans women who have neo-vaginas or, or surgically installed vaginas, is that the skin is different because they make the skin almost always out of the penis, right? And the mm-hmm. penis, the, 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 the flesh does not stretch like, like neo, like, or like, um, like, uh, factory installed vaginas do. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And because a lot of trans women will have narrower 
hip bones. There just might be a point at which they just can't take anymore. So I'm not going to say that everybody can be fisted. A lot of people can't be, and that's okay. You know, I, I, I can understand why some people might feel like cheated by that fact, and I think that's valid. Um, but particularly, I, I've been fisted once in my life by a very small man. <laughs> very small man, um, with very small hands. And I could probably practice to get more. And I'm sure as I get older, I will get more, um, be able to accommodate more, but I haven't really just clocked that time to receive. Um, so it's entirely possible that, you know, there, there will be a lot of people who can and a lot of people who can't. And that's just how our bodies are built. Um, some people it might be ex- worth exploring, like, well, partner with smaller hands or playing right. with larger dildos just to kind of even experience what that intense girth can feel like. Because that feeling of being stretched can be very sexy for some, but it can also feel very edgy and very frightening. And that's okay. Um, it's just a matter of like going to what your body feels comfortable with and then not getting upset if it doesn't work the first time or the first few times. If it's something that you want to experience, you just you might have to just work a little harder to get to the place where your body accepts that. Look down, right now. Gaze into that lappy lap lap lap. When was the last time you shaved your pride and joy? Really, it's been a while. Don't lie. Let's take a second to thank our sponsor, Manscaped, for holding you accountable to get rid of the funk and shave your junk. Now, have you heard the phrase, when you trim the bushes, the tree stands taller? Well, yeah, it's true. And I know you're going to have some visitors in your garden this week. You know, it is Valentine's Day after all. Maybe there'll even be a picnic. Woohoo! So don't give your partner the gift of a pube sandwich down the throat or musty, unnecessary stench of unfresh balls. Take care of yourself down there. Get yourself or your unkempt partner some goodies from Manscaped. How about the Perfect Package 3.0? It's the perfect package for a perfect package. You know what I'm saying. It contains the redesigned electric trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. It has proprietary advanced skin safe technology, so this trimmer won't snag your nuts. The Perfect Package 3.0 also contains the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. These products keep balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY at manscaped.com. I'm telling you, your balls will thank you and your picnic will be amazing. Again, 20% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code SUNNY. Lube makes sex feel better, and that's a fact. And when I say lube, I don't mean spit. I don't mean the stuff you grabbed out of your kitchen that you normally fry your green peppers with. And I also don't mean questionable lube made with who knows what. You want to make sure your personal lubricant is made from the highest quality, body-safe ingredients. And you know what? Nothing beats Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a luxurious, high-grade silicone lubricant made from clean, body-friendly ingredients. It's just silicone with a little vitamin E. The vitamin E leaves a velvety finish that actually moisturizes your skin. 
Uberlube offers long-lasting performance when you want it, and then it quickly dissipates without leaving a sticky residue. It feels like a nice moisturizer when you're finished. And it's good for your body, too. It's free of nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. It stays on the surface of your skin and doesn't enter your bloodstream like water-based lube. Right now, Uber Lube is offering American Sex Podcast listeners a special offer. 10% off and free shipping when you use my code SUNNY at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping with the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E dot com. So, well, I can, I really can take Thanos, Ken. I can. However. It's this big around. I, I, it's like a, it's like a personal pan pizza big. <laughs> oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> In diameter. Okay. I'm just saying. Well, anyway. I'll show it to you. But then you can say I, 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 it takes a lot of work up. There have been times, even though I'm very accommodating, I have a accommodating vagina. There have been times where it's like too soon. I'm not warmed up enough. That uh-huh. sort of thing where it's like, oh, it hurts. Should it ever hurt? <sighs> well, pain is a scale, right? And I think, so I, I'm not going to say it should never hurt, but there is a difference between the, oh my gosh, this is really intense kind of pain and, oh my gosh, I'm doing damage to my body pain. And I think that everybody's going to have a sense of what's the appropriate amount for them. I do think that there is a kind of pain that is the uh, my my muscles are doing something that I haven't before. They're stretching in a way that's very intense and could be considered painful, but it's not like I'm tearing my muscles. And that's the big difference. And I think if any of us have ever done, you know, any sort of athleticism, you know the difference between <clears throat> my muscles are stretching and my muscles have torn. Um, or, so, or, yeah, sorry. yeah. Yeah, oh, so I, I, it's just a matter of really listening to yourself and really, I mean, as a top, my job is to go excruciatingly slow. It actually requires, in some ways, a lot of muscle control on my part because I have to hold myself in a certain position and stay incredibly still at some points while they relax and while they get into their bodies and they see what they're feeling and if they can take more or if they need me to stop and withdraw. And so a lot of, I mean, we always talk about how important communication is to good sex and and I think that's one of the biggest myths around, like, again, this kind of very useful idea of how sex works is that, like, with great sex, with kinky sex, a lot of times we're talking a lot and we're checking in a lot and we're making eye contact and we're making sure that everybody's on board because for things like fisting, it's, it can be unfortunately easy to do harm if you're not paying very close attention, um, particularly with somebody's first time. So really listening to your own body and listening to your partner's body becomes paramount in situations like that. As a top, do you find yourself switching arms and or arm positions? Not switching arms during hand sex because you like, especially with fisting, like when you're at a place where you're like, okay, I've got four fingers in and I'm pressing against the vaginal opening. Like at that, that point, I don't want to pull out and switch. Um, because it just can kind of sometimes backslide and also it can make, it can take my partner out of the experience. Um, 
So, but yes, arm position, certainly. I think that a lot of times um, you might find yourself in where your partner's laying on their back, right? Missionary style, and you're on top of them, which is a very awkward position for hand sex. And I think a lot of people don't really appreciate this because you're kind of, your your wrist is kind of jacked in this weird angle. If you're at the place where you're lined up so that you're kissing, you've got this kind of weird arm shape of like elbow bent, wrist bent. It's awkward. And that can be painful for people, um, particularly people who have any sort of carpal tunnel and any sort of, you know, muscular problems. So oftentimes what I'll do is like when it looks like we're on the path towards fisting or just really intense fingering, I will move down their body such that I'm like, I'm kneeling and I can line up my wrist with my forearm so that there's a straight line there. Cause I'll have more muscle control if I'm not trying to manage this really odd arm position while also trying to stay very still. So mm-hmm. I'll kind of disappear from them, but that's also great because then I will able be able to have a visual often of their vulva so I can make sure that everything looks okay too. And I can see what I'm doing and I can see where things are and I can see if there, if I, it looks like there might be, it might be useful to add more lube. Just having a visual on, in that space is actually really good. And then again, like I'm not resting all of my weight on my other arm. For instance, I'm kneeling, I'm in a comfortable seating position maybe, and that's a, a very helpful thing for me so that I can go extra slow and feel like I can really control my arm. Yeah, I don't remember if it was you or your partner Reed that I first heard this from. But when I heard either one of you say it, I can't remember, I jumped up and down because I was like, Oh, my God, this is something I instinctively just do. But I didn't realize it was a thing. So I have had like issues with carpal tunnel, I have very like weak wrists. And when I was doing any sort of hand sex with someone, I would use my other hand and wrap it around Mm. the wrist of the hand that's doing something almost kind of like my own makeshift carpal tunnel wrist brace. Mm -hmm. And then I heard y'all talk about it. So tell me about like, do do you do this a lot? Is it necessary? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a really useful skill. So um, yeah, my partner Reed came up with that. He taught, he teaches a class called the ergonomics of sex, which I love that class because he has a martial arts background. So he talks a lot about like alignment of your body and it's great for people with any sort of disabilities or any sort of challenges with their body, but it's also just great for a lot of us to understand how bodies work, but it's also great for generating power. So the wrist brace, I don't tend to do, well, sometimes I'll do it with fisting just to kind of hold myself still or to, again, share strength between my arms. If I'm holding a position for a long time, like it's helpful to be able to use multiple muscle sets to do so. Um, however, the wrist brace for me works best during really vigorous hand sex, which isn't often the same thing as fisting. So if I'm like fingering really hard and somebody really wants me to just go to town on their vagina, um, with like three fingers or something, um, that's where the wrist brace really comes in handy. Cause then you can share strength between your two arms. Cause like often one arm will get tired if you're really just fucking jackhammering with your hand. Right. Then using that other hand, you basically now can share the, the, the work between the two arms which is really helpful. I actually have that shown in a diagram in my book, Girl Sex 101, in the hand sex chapter of how to make that brace where you kind of wrap your fingers around the where your wrist bends. Um, and it's a really fun technique. And I love that you you came upon it naturally as just a way to kind of help strengthen that muscle. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. Um, those listening along, our audience is, is pretty sex positive savvy. So I'm going to assume they know about the internal clitoris, how the clitoris that we see is just the tip of the iceberg and underneath the labia lie, um, the legs and the bulbs of the clitoris and that it's theorized. And I personally believe that this structure is also connected to the G spot. So 
when we're talking about the mechanics of fisting and what exactly it's, you know, because those of us who have been really filled up, we know it feels good. But why does it feel good? Are we activating the G spot? Are we doing something to the internal clit? Is it the A spot and spots like deep inside? Like what's going on in there that causes it to feel good? I mean, I think that, again, it's going to be different for everybody, but I think you're right. Like, there is something about just a lot of different structures that might not actually get touched a lot, um, that just by pressure all around the pelvis can feel really good because it, it feels like a, like an internal massage a lot of times. Like, it can feel sexy, but it can feel also just like this really kind of new sensation of, of having muscle groups be relaxed and having nerves that don't tend to get touched, touched. Um, I, you know, for, for particular people on particular times of the month, for instance, cervical stimulation can feel really amazing. So to have basically all of those parts of the internal clitoral structure and the vagina feel great all at the same time, it can create this for some people, subspace, where you really drop into just receiving. And for others, or for the same people, it can create the sensation of just being really online. All of a sudden, you're just getting overwhelmed with sensation, which I think can be a very sexy feeling for a lot of people. Just having that much blood flow to this area, that much erectile tissue getting stimulated, that much those those nerve areas getting stimulated. It's a lot of feeling. It's a lot of sensation. Right. And I think that is what a lot of people are going for when they're exploring fisting, is just feeling kind of taken over by your partner, maybe, or by just your, your, your neurology is just kind of going, all right, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think there's also a little certain amount of the like sexual athlete thing. There's a certain amount of pride that some people can feel over like, wow, wow, look what my body can do. And I think that can create an erotic hit as well of this, like, I'm being so taken over by my partner, or I'm such a strong, amazing person that I can do this with my body. Look how cool that is. Or some mixture of the two. Right, right. So now, okay, this is more of a communication question, I think. So when like you were describing an instance where it's like one finger, then two fingers, you were up to four fingers, and they were like, how many fingers are in me? Mm -hmm. So I know for me, especially when I first started engaging in fisting, where I was still getting over like the emotional baggage and the shame of like, does this mean I'm stretched out? Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. I kind of didn't want to know how many fingers were in me, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you navigate that if you, let's say you're with a partner and let's say I'm topping them and I'm, you know, I'm up to three fingers, I'm up to four fingers. Is there a point where I should be like, hey, is it okay if I go in past the knuckle? Or should I just take their cues? Like if they seem to be into it and they're not, you know, saying ouch or should I just keep going? Or, Or is it like, I don't know. Is it even necessary to be like checking in, going for the thumb now or the knuckles? Or is this just me putting some kind of special importance or baggage on fisting that shouldn't be there? Well, I think that you're making a really good point. Your story makes a really good point that some people have this idea that certain acts mean something, right? Right. So in that, 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 it, that realization of certain things. Like I've been, with, I was with a partner, actually, I'll share a story of my own. I was with a partner where we were fooling around and things were obviously getting hot and heavy. And I said, like, you know, what, what would you like to explore tonight? What would you, wouldn't you like? And she said, well, like, I would really like to get fucked, but I don't think I want your, your full fist inside of me. And I'm like, oh, no problem. That's fine with me. So we, we, I had my fingers inside of her and I asked her if she wanted more and she said yes. And then I, I got to the point where I was at four fingers and I'm like, 
and she, I'm, she's like, can you, can you give me more? And I'm like, no, literally I cannot. <laughs> so <laughs> we can do one of two things. I can, we could keep going here. Um, or I can put, I can start to fist you, but you said you didn't want that. So I want to just be clear. And it, it, it was a moment of like, let's, she had to check in with herself. And I don't know what she was thinking at that point. I didn't ask her to share her thought process with me. Whatever her reasons were, were her own. And ultimately, I just waited patiently as she figured out what she wanted. And she said, actually, go ahead. And I'm like, are you sure? And she said, yes. I'm like, great. So I'm going to keep on adding pressure. Um, I'm going to add my thumb. And you just tell me if you want me to stop or go back or whatever. And so at some point, um, I continued. She said, yes, we were good. I And I had my entire fist in her. And I said, okay, just so you know, my entire fist is in you. And she's like, wow, really? I d it doesn't feel that way? Blah, blah, blah. And it was actually kind of a nice moment for me to be like, just really paying attention to my partner about what she wanted. And again, whether it was because of some sort of external idea of what fisting meant or whether it was just because she didn't know if she was in a place where she could accommodate an entire fist. I, it doesn't really matter. Ultimately, what she needed to do was check in with herself and decide for herself what she wanted. Um, and that to me is great. I think that, um, I think it's, it's an, I think it's often, well, I mean, generally speaking, I always say when you are having hand sex, it's just a good idea to check in before you add any finger or sensation because what a vagina feels like around your hands, like its tightness or its looseness, doesn't necessarily correlate to the person, the receiver's experience of girth. I have been, I have been in a situation where I've had one or two fingers in and they thought I had way more. And I would have been shocked by that because I was like, well, it really feels like they're, they can totally take more, but they didn't want more. And so my job is not to tell them what their vagina can take. My job is to ask them what they want and to try and accommodate within my own boundaries. So in that situation, like you ask and then you, you accept their, their choice. Um, and so in, I will often say like, okay, well, I've got four fingers in. Do you want me to add more pressure? Because at that point, again, what the only thing I can really do is put more pressure with my knuckles. And that can, that, that's a, the difference between four fingers and those knuckles is a really big difference for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So what I'll often say is like, do you want more pressure around the outside of your vagina? Cause that's what that's going to feel like. And sometimes they'll say yes. And sometimes they'll say no. Um, but it's just a matter of like, really, yeah, checking in and asking. I think that, again, we have this notion that at some point sex becomes autopilot and you just know. And that is a myth. For a lot of things, we it's a great idea to check in far more than you think. Want to spice up your sex this Valentine's Day? Well, WeVibe creates the world's best couples vibrators. And they just launched their most intuitive couples vibrator yet, called Chorus. Here's some of its cutting-edge features. One, it's got an adjustable fit. That means it can be worn during sex and adjust to fit your body for just right stimulation on both the clitoris and the G-spot. Secondly, it's got a squeeze remote. So the tighter you squeeze, the stronger the vibration gets and vice versa. So when you want a little bit more or a little bit less stimulation, it is right there in the palm of your hand. Three, the chorus has intuitive, responsive controls. The touch sense feature lets you control chorus's vibrations with your movements. When you touch or move against the sensor, the vibration shifts in intensity, creating a natural rise and fall that leads to an absolutely epic crescendo. Lastly, it's got my favorite, the We Connect app that lets you play together even when you're apart. With the app, you can unlock Chorus's touch-responsive vibrations, you can enable long-distance connectivity, and do a lot more. 
This Valentine's Day, WeVibe is offering American Sex Podcast listeners a special 5% discount on any product at we-vibe.com. All you have to do is use the promo code SUNNY at we-vibe.com. Again, that's SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, at we-vibe.com. All right. Wait, I have one quick question. Any advice for people with long, beautiful fingernails? Oh, yes. Great question. Yes. So, Stiletto manicures. Ugh. So I recommend always um, using gloves, using Nighthawk gloves, always. Um, and there's a lot of practical reasons for this. It's not just safer sex, although, yes, for safer sex, it's a great idea. But gloves hold lube better. And so when if you're using water-based lube, for instance, we know that the body absorbs water. So the vagina will suck away that lube fairly quickly, particularly with a lot of intense stimulation. And then you've, if you've got a bare hand, then your hand is also absorbing that water. So you're actually absorbing it roughly twice as quickly as you would if it was just the vagina. Right. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, but also gloves get, you can tell where they're luby and where they're not because they're shinier. So that lubrication, you can see if there's like a dry patch on some part of your hand much better. So gloves are great for that. those reasons. They're also great for protecting nails. I've actually seen people, and this is a really cool thing, um, put cotton balls in the tips of the fingers of the gloves Yeah. to help kind of cushion those, those fingernails. Um, but yes, I would always recommend cotton around the tips of the nails in the glove will, will soften that quite a lot. Gloves by themselves will be okay if you've noticed that your, your nails, again, those stiletto nails that are particularly sharp, um, if they don't puncture through the, the gloves, um, if you've had experience with that, that's, that can be sufficient. But I like to add just an extra protection because, again, like once you're inside, there's a lot of stimulation that's going on. So I think it's really important to add extra cushion to not damage the very delicate tissues of the inside of the body. Okay. So I, I that feels really good, too. Oh, I'm Gloves? sure. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. a French tickler, but fingers. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. So there was, this is actually very similar to a question that somebody had asked on Twitter about, you know, bar- how barriers can make the act even more pleasurable. But one of the things they also asked about is they had heard um, that you can use a female condom mm-hmm. for fisting penetration. Now, is this true? You certainly can. Um, okay. It's not my preference, but um, because female condoms don't stretch very well, right? Um, that they're kind of they're they're just not as stretchy as as latex or nitrile are. So, but you can certainly do that. Again, um, I think that gloves are a little bit better because there's a lot of in and out that happens, and sometimes female condoms can kind of get bunched in weird ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get that might also just be a personal preference. I'm not particularly fond of wearing internal condoms, so I, de- I tend to avoid them as much as possible. Um, but yeah, certainly a, a barrier of an internal condom can be used. I think that would be extra important, though, again, to make sure that the outside and the inside of the condom are very lubed up. Because right. you're, you're not then, you're, the friction point isn't then the fingers on the vaginal wall. The friction point will then be the fingers on the inside of the condom and the outside of the condom against the wall. So you're kind of dealing with an extra layer of, of friction that I would just want to be make sure that is, is really comfortable. Uh, along the same lines, how risky or how necessary is it to practice safer sex while you're engaging in hand sex. Like I know, yes, you can enter bacteria into the vagina, that sort of thing. But are STIs a real concern? Or are they more just like, well, there's a slight chance, but probably not? 
Well, I think that, I mean, any sort of fluid exchange is where, where the, the easiest vectors happen. So that's what we think about, like penis, vagina sex or oral sex. Uh, mm-hmm. So hands inside vaginas, there's not a really strong vector there. But if you have, for instance, any sort of significant cuts on your hand, then you do have like, you know, open wound to vaginal wall. And so that would absolutely be a source of, of bacterial transmission. Um, I think that um, in terms of just like actual concerns about STIs, they can be minimal, but this is something that I think is important for people who have herpes to know that like any sort of intense stimulation on the genitals for people who have genital herpes can sometimes stimulate an outbreak. Um, so any sort of frictiony thing can create, can sometimes create conditions where you will ha- stimulate an outbreak. So if you are a person with herpes and you know this about yourself, just be aware that you might want to go extra slow and use a lot more lube just to kind of keep the mucus membranes from being overstimulated in a way that you might you might find uncomfortable. Oh, good to know. Okay. So I'm thinking about um breeding puppies or breeding <laughs> dogs. You know how sometimes Sunny, you told me this was a work at the I did not I, consent to I this. have no idea where this is going. <laughs> there are children playing basketball in my vagina. <laughs> and now know? a dog's there. Now We're a dog's just going to get weird. No, no. So I'm thinking about the stories you hear when dogs first breed, the penis enters the vagina and gets stuck, and you can't get the dogs apart. Can this happen with fisting? Like, could you get your hand, like, someone's all relaxed. And no, you Sonny, you just throw a bucket there? of water on the fister, and everything will be fine. <laughs> Like, what if, you know, you get out of your head and your muscles clench up and you're like, I'm not in the mood anymore, but your hand hand is still in me. Can people get stuck? It doesn't turn into an alien anchor that, like, suddenly... Oh my god. No. Okay. Can this happen? Okay. 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 Wow. Wow. All right. So the difference between a do- <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this right now. <laughs> okay. The difference between a dog erection and a hand is that you have conscious control over the shape of your hand. So <laughs> please oh use that goodness. as the pull quote for this episode because Jesus Christ, I never thought I'd have to say that sentence ever. Yes! I'm dying. Good. <laughs> he really is. He's red and wow. choking. I'm so sorry I killed you with my dog penis fisting. <laughs> oh, if I've got to go, fuck cancer. I want to go that way. With oh the dog God. penis fisting question. Oh, oh, dying. Hold on, everyone. Take a dying break. <laughs> All okay. right. So, Whew. when... when, when... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Alison. <laughs> so, our, our next episode following this will be peeing in your own pants. <laughs> because that's what I've done. Our water sports episode is right now. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm back. So, when, I mean, the, the withdrawing from fisting is almost the exact same uh, process of, as beginning fisting, just in reverse, right? So, You've, you've inserted fingers, those fingers have started to curl, and then once you're inside, they've naturally kind of curled over your thumb and turned into a fist, right? Then withdrawing is the same kind of thing where you gently pull and your hand kind of gently starts to uncurl, and then you've got basically the same thing in reverse where you're pulling out and your fingers are, um, are straight. So it can be intense too. I have noticed that most of the time, um, the, the, once the muscles have, have relaxed enough to accommodate the fist, they're relaxed enough to allow the fist to go. Unless, for instance, you started on a laughing jag sometime in the middle of this thing <laughs> and everything has clenched. 
Um, I mean, I, I joke a lot about like once you're inside, it's I feel like a monkey in a monkey trap, right? Where it's just like I my like I I the 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 t- tightness the of fuck's a monkey the- trap. <laughs> I know. I'm thinking your little monkey <laughs> arms got cut off by this horrible oh, no. bear trap. What's happening? What a monkey trap is. I love that I get to now describe what a monkey trap is. Okay, so um, a monkey trap is where I want one. I don't know what it is, but I know that I'm buying one on Amazon as soon as we get done with this podcast. <laughs> you know what? Ken, you can build your own. Um, so I can build my own. You, you that needs own to be your next trap. book. Oh my god. <laughs> Yes. So a monkey trap is a, is a box, right? And they would have a slit in the side of it so that the, the, the hand of the monkey can go in flat, right? And then they would put something inside like a piece of fruit, like a banana, for instance. And then the monkey would grab the banana and now they, the monkey has made a fist and they've got a piece of fruit and they can't get the fruit out because the slit in the box is preventing them from doing that. In order to escape the monkey trap, the monkey would have to drop the fruit and put their hand flat again and remove it flat. So that's a monkey trap, and so it's. I am so glad I asked that question. <laughs> yeah, Holy shit! Because I was just picturing a bear trap with a mangled <laughs> paw, and I was oh, like, "This is no. this fisting on our period. What is happening?" Yeah, okay, I would say it's okay. a lot more humane, okay. but it does. It is a little bit of a psychological trick for the poor monkeys. So yes, um, but yeah. So basically, it's that kind of thing where, you, where as, a, as a fist, it wouldn't. You wouldn't want to pull the fist out as a fist. As as you do it, you kind of want to slide out. And what I often tell my partner is like to tell me when they're done, right? So for instance, um, like I, Jisley and I talk about the fact that we've, like that I fisted them a bunch and like the first time I ever fisted anybody was Jiz and the last time Jiz got fisted with the last time we talked was me. And so like, there's a lot of like, we have a really lovely fisting relationship. Um, (laughs) and so, um, uh, Jisley, for those who don't know, is, is a gender queer porn star based in the Bay area. So, um, but one of the things that, like, once when I would fist them, they often like to then use a Hitachi on themselves and get off mm-hmm. literally while my hand is inside. And so oftentimes, all like kind of once I'm inside, I can ask them like, "What you want me to do? Like, do you want me to like kind of rock my hand back and forth? Do you want me to kind of slide it in, like rotate it in certain ways? Do you want me to just stay still?" And there are a lot of different things you can do with your hand inside. Um, and then, you know, if they want to get off, if they have gotten off, all the things, you can decide, like, what you want to do from there. And then I ask them, like, when they're, where, when they're done, when they want me to leave their body to tell me. And then I, t- I often encourage them to, like, take a deep breath. And then we're going to take a deep breath together. And then I'm going to slowly ease out. And that deep breath often helps relax any muscles that may have been holding on to tension so that I can kind of remove myself fairly elegantly. It's really rare that it, I don't come out fairly easily if we're on a place where they're ready to stop. And usually the vagina can kind of like, it's, it's, it pushes you out when, when it's ready to. Nice. And that was, I was going to ask is, you know, do people like fisting generally by itself or is it always like, I'm going to perform cunnilingus at the same time, or you're going to use a vibrator? Like is fisting a good complementary thing or does it, is it often the main course? Yeah, it could be the main course or it could be a side dish. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's there, like some people do like clitoral stimulation. Some people like, you know, once I'm inside, maybe I can kind of climb back up and we can make out or I can do stuff with the breasts. I have this whole other hand that's not doing anything. Um, that can be really nice. Um, and, uh, and again, like you can do things inside the body that can feel really good. Um, or, you know, kind of just stay there. I think sometimes it can be really, I mean, it can be a really powerful emotional experience for some of us too, where it's just like, wow, this is amazing. Like my body, it feels so good. But like you said about like, it just can feel like so much pressure and so much like sensation. 
that yeah. can be enough or people might then be like, oh my God, now I want all this other stuff because my vagina feels so full. Like, let's do all these other things while that's happening. Um, right. And so that can be lovely as well. Oh, this is amazing. Thank you for destigmatizing fisting. I'm a huge, and footing I, and monkey trap. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that needs to be the title of the, like, the episode. I don't know how great it would be for SEO, but you monkey know. traps are awesome for SEO. How could they not be? It says monkey traps. You'll get I'd a look whole at that. new world of listeners. That's for sure. Totally. Totally. Okay. So professional monkey trappers are going to love our podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> So yes. So for people listening who are like, okay, it's a couple days before Valentine's Day. I think I want to, you know, stick my hand in that heart shaped box. Uh, what- uh, <laughs> amazing, uh, amazing. Uh, what do you? How do you suggest people go about it? Should it be a big thing like this Valentine's Day? I'm gonna fist you, and they put like a little bow and a chocolate on their hand, or do they just have a romantic evening and go for it? What are your suggestions for introducing this for the holiday? Well, like as as we talked about earlier, like it, it often is a thing that people build up to. So if you've been with your partner, or you know if if it's your vagina we're talking about, like you might have a sense of what you know you can already take, right? If when you have hand sex with your partner, they're using four fingers almost all the time, then it's entirely possible that you can relax enough to accommodate their fist. If, for instance, you've given vaginal birth a number of times, a lot of people I know who've given vaginal birth, they have their muscles tend to be able to stretch a lot more. So that's entirely possible. But I think it's it's helpful to know kind of where you're already at. Um, if you're not in a place where you're sure, I think it's great. To, it's fine to bring up like, oh my gosh, like I've felt pretty close to being able to like would you ever be okay with me trying to put my entire hand in there but here is the thing about like specific dates um fisting is one of those things where it might not go perfectly the first time and so please don't make yourself feel like a bad person because you couldn't do it right out of the gate and so if you were hoping for valentine's day night to be the night you might find that that's not going to be the night but it might be the night where you learn to trust each other enough that you can try it again in the future or where you maybe try another finger for the first time or or explore different things. But I would recommend not setting benchmarks for yourself about what makes you a successful lover because ultimately that just ends up attaching your ego to external things that you cannot control. And that's a really dangerous game. So I'd say like certainly you can talk about it, set up the evening where it's like this maybe we'll try it tonight and get all the lubes and all the all the candles and all the comfortable, you know, beds, wedges and the things, and then, you know, explore that together. But again, especially for the tops, like your job is to listen to them and to, to, to follow their lead. Even though you're technically topping, they're in control. And that's really important for a first time fisting to, to, to listen to them. And to, when they say, I'm done, then you're done and that's okay. Um, and that there will always be a next time if, if things go fine. And if you listen to them and they listen to you and you feel loved, honored and respected and vice versa, then yeah, you'll have dates in the future where you can try again, but try not to go whole hog, so to speak into it first around, because ultimately then you can sometimes set yourself up for disappointment rather than expansion and appreciation. 
Wonderful. Thank you. And so where can people find out more about you? I have to absolutely 100% recommend your book, Girl Sex 101, where you can learn all about fisting and hand sex and all sorts of other things. But what else do they need to know? And where can they get that? Sure. So you can get Girl Sex 101 anywhere books are sold. I always encourage people to visit their local independent bookstore or sex toy store to do so. But you can also get it from girlsex101.com. And I will send you a signed copy and a sticker, which is a nice little thank you for buying it direct. Um, also, you can find me on girlsex101.com. I have Twitter. I'm at HeyAllyMoon, and that's A-L-L-I-E-M-O-O-N. Um, and so those are the main places where you can find me. I invite people to email me at info at girlsex101 if they have questions or, or thoughts. Um, yeah, that's those are pretty much my online presences. I do teach workshops around the country. So sometimes, especially on Twitter, you'll see me advertise that I'm going to be teaching a workshop somewhere. Oftentimes, that workshop is about hand sex. So um, if you're really curious about this, um, follow me on Twitter and you can you can find out where I'm going to be in your in your area. So I have a podcast called Artgasm as well, which is currently on hiatus, but will be coming back soon. Uh, and that's actually where I get to get a little bit more philosophical because I really enjoy it. I love talking about the, the details and the, the technique of sex, but I also like talking about the philosophy of it and the artistry around it, the kind of culture of sex. And so Artgasm is where I talk to artists who work with sex as their primary uh, theme. And so I have interviews with like burlesque dancers and porn performers and painters and writers. And that's really fun for for me because we, we get to talk about sex in this really more holistic way, which just tickles my brain and all the delightful parts. So artgasmcast.com is where you can find that or anywhere you can listen to podcasts. And I have to say, I love your uh, art or logo or whatever, where it's like the two fingers, like you'd be going in like fingering somebody, but covered with paint <laughs> and just like dripping with paint. That is the best fucking for art like it goes with artgasm and is that your hand like tell yeah story yeah I, I loved making that yeah that's my hand and um yeah i just had a bunch of paint at home and i was just like let's get messy <laughs> so oh. yeah I, I i really love that image i'm really glad that you you appreciate it as well because i I'm i totally it. do i was like that is just so fucking on point i love it <laughs> so good job thanks <laughs> <laughs> and now you can have a sense of if I fisted you, what it would, what it would feel like. So, you know, get a sense That's, of it. it. It would feel green and blue. <laughs> and All the colors. Kind of impressionist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> probably pink. Probably, probably pink. Most likely. Oh, God. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And of course, American fuckers, as always, we will have all of those links in the show notes for this episode at AmericanSexPodcast.com. Bye. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, did you have something profound to say? Throw some water yeah. on you. Throw some cold but water I, on you. I, I want to high five that. you inside <laughs> somebody's vagina, uh, if I could. Yeah. Uh, so. can, I, can I say I have done that before? Where I, uh, <gasps> well, where it's like you you t- you hold hands with somebody and then you put uh, that combination of hands inside somebody, and that's real romantic. That's really uh, sweet. Yeah. That is a Valentine's Day fisting. <laughs> Not goal, because you shouldn't have goals. Listen to Allison. But if you were to have a goal, maybe that could be one. Okay. Anyway, thank you. (laughs) Thank you both. I love you. Alrighty, bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.